Mana 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 this is social discasting. Welcome to Social Discasting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I am Brandon, aka Brandon. I hope you're well. My guest is an actor, comedian, and improviser who has appeared in so many TV shows and movies, it's truly impressive, including The Big Bang Theory, Santa Clarita Diet, Michael Bolton's Big Sexy Valentine's Day Special and Comedy Bang Bang, and most recently, Good Girls, Robbie, Pivoting, and Minx. He loves LAX, the Milwaukee Bucks, and touring Tinseltown. Please welcome Dave Tooney. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Brandon. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Gotta start somewhere. Might as well start with a deeply unfair question. Both, how are you and how have you been, for that matter? Great question, Brandon. Um, how am I? I'm currently, in this very moment, doing great. Good. Uh, just did a little commercial callback uh, via a Zoom-like uh, situation. Uh, that was fun and went well. And uh, after we get done talking, I'm going to uh, do some writing. So it is a, uh, uh, and work on a different audition. It's a fairly productive day for me, which um, in the course of this pandemic is something I've learned to really appreciate is being busy. Where uh, I was just thinking about this the other day, um, and maybe this ties into how have I been or how has it been going. Um, Something I've learned over this pandemic for me personally is, that well i used to get pretty stressed when things got really busy and i probably still do i find that the greater stress for me personally is when i'm not doing anything and um and i'm left to my own devices you know <laughs> thoughts I, and uh and, i know exactly what you mean yeah. yeah 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 it's uh that is one thing where to your point it's like getting it taken away or, or having a little bit less of it in light of everything mm-hmm. gives, does give you, or at least for me, uh, that perspective of, uh, oh, that was a great problem to have, and I need that, and I need <laughs> some form of structure because if I don't have some kind of like, not even like a rigid schedule, but something to work toward, mm-hmm. then I just, I feel like I just flounder, and I kind of like, yeah. and, and it's like analysis paralysis, and I don't know what to do because now everything's on the table, and I, and I, can't, pro- I can't function. <laughs> I don't know. I can't do it. I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, well, then I'll ask you this. Um, it, right now, here, uh, how are you doing today? We're at, uh, for me, it's 11.08 a.m. on uh, 4.20. It's a Wednesday. How are you doing in this moment? Great question. Thank you for asking, by the way. It's, mm-hmm. to give context to, it's 1.08 p.m. Same day, for the record. <laughs> same day. 1.08 p.m. over here. But uh, I'm good. You know, it. It's been raining all morning, but it just stopped mm-hmm. very nicely. So it's like kind of feels like there's a hopeful sun coming out eventually. So that's nice. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. It's like midweek, you know. It's kind of we're on the back half of the week. I don't know. It's I'm I'm more, I'm I feel like good and hopeful today, which just doesn't always happen. And you know, it feels <laughs> like everything is so much more than ever. Um, so yeah, so I. In that moment, when you feel that way, it feels great, and I'm very happy about that. I just want to keep that momentum going. Okay, so then I have a follow-up question for you. So today on Wednesday, you woke up and did what? What's your wake-up time? Maybe you've talked about this on previous podcasts, for which I apologize. Uh, You woke up, and do you you have a morning routine? Do you have something that gets you going, that gets you productive? How does that work? Great question. It's not anything, like, overly structured. It's kind of like you got a few things there, but you're— but. I don't know, maybe this is part of like 
perspective from the pandemic. It's a thing where like, I want to accomplish it or whatever, whatever that may be, depending on the day. But I'm also like not rigidly forcing myself to, it's kind of like trying to be kind to yourself about it to Mm -hmm. where it doesn't mean like, you know, in the sense of like, I'm, if I don't do this, I didn't fail, but I still want to accomplish that. So, uh, just trying to be fair to myself because I can be really, diff- really hard on myself. Sure, we all in can. a lot of ways. But yeah, I mean, just trying to get up at a decent hour, you know, by like eight, eight thirty, mm-hmm. maybe. Which, and again, that depends. Just kind of like forcing yourself out because otherwise, I feel like I could look at my computer or something for an hour and a half, and then and then the morning's gone. Yeah, and then I feel like I've wasted it, and I really don't want to feel that way at all. But like trying to eat a little yeah. something, stuff like that. What do you What do you do? Is it Is it uh, structured at all? Well, it's it's similar to you in that you want to try to be productive. I think about my um, I think about my dad when I was little. I would uh, on school days, I would routinely routinely wake up and be like, "I'm too sick. I can't go. I just didn't want to go to school. I was dreading yeah. it. Uh, I didn't finish my homework. There was something I wasn't looking forward to an exam or something, whatever it was. But I would be I would claim sickness regularly, and uh, my mom would do it too, but I just remember my dad doing it specifically where he'd just be like, just get up and move around, see how you're doing. You, you might feel better. Just get up and start moving around. I mean, sometimes he would be like, get up now. Yeah. Um, but sometimes he'd be a little more gentle about it. And, of course, he was right, and that is something that I think about really um, more and more over these, uh, these days uh, um, where I, I'm – because I don't have a normal nine to five job, and I, for anyone who does, they're they're listening to this going, "Good gracious, you're being such a baby about this. Just get up and go to your nine to five, like all of us are doing." Yeah. Um, but I I don't have that because I do the acting thing, and um, so I I will wake up and I'll be like, "Ugh, I do not want to get up. I don't want to get going." But I know I'm like, "Get up, start moving. You're gonna feel better," uh, and uh, and I go to the gym in the morning and I'll get there by, uh, uh by 7am or I'll get there about 6:45, and sure enough, I do that workout and the, everything they tell you about working out, getting up, getting moving. It's all true. You still, you feel better. Your mindset starts to, uh, improve. And, uh, by the time it's over, you're feeling pretty good and, or I'm feeling pretty good and ready to get on my day and, and get moving. So it's just, for me, someone who, uh, if there's dark thoughts that come in, they come in around, 4 a.m., 3 a.m. Yeah. Uh, when I wake up and they and they'll be there at 6 a.m. I know I just got to get up. I got to get out in the sun. I got to get moving. And once that starts to happen, everything starts to improve. But it's a it's a da- it's a little bit of a daily battle, even at <laughs> even at this point in my life. Yeah, I, I I know what you mean. Sometimes it does feel like it, every day is climbing up a mountain only to get kicked back down, and mm-hmm. you have to start over again. And sometimes. You could be like, it'd be very motivating. Like I got to climb this mountain and other days it could be, I have to climb this mountain Yeah, and it can <laughs> be a lot. But, but as somebody who like works out like six days a week on like mm-hmm. a stationary bike, I feel it really is. It really can feel transformative to do that. Like from, you know, the endorphins are going, it really helps your mindset just kind of like the, the feeling of like feeling, you know, the power in whatever you're exercising like that, mm-hmm. all of those things go a long way. It also reminds me of like, man, I can understand why some people get that God complex or whatever, whenever they do, if they do steroids, because I'm like, man, I'm working, <laughs> like I'm just working out my legs in a stationary bike and I feel powerful. I can't imagine what it is to feel so powerful. 
I I'm I, like, oh, I if I feel this like like the most minor version of that, yeah. man, I would be so susceptible to that. It would be, <laughs> I would be a real pain in the ass. Guaranteed. I think about that stuff too. I the gym I go to, it's like a CrossFit esque style gym, mm. and uh, I'll watch people doing pull ups. And not only are they doing like pull ups, but they'll have pull ups with like weights around their waist, like, like the big, chains and things. Yeah, on the chains. And I just think, <laughs> what do you? How good do you feel? You must feel so good about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I'm jealous. Uh, and I and I and I wish I could get to that point. Maybe I will someday. But uh, I I definitely envy some of those people who are in like peak physical condition it's it's something to uh strive for yeah it's it's like do you put that chain around your neck and do that because you're confident or does it give you all the confidence to do the <laughs> chain move it is very impressive i just would be like i know that thing's gonna fall off i'm gonna hit somebody you know like just i feel like there are so many different things i would think about that are not related to what even whether i could do that in the first place yes like yes. that is a confident yeah. move it's a confident move. It's a bold move. If it goes wrong, it's not going to be good. Uh, I think about there's a. I, I listen to some podcast. Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what it was. I think it was called. It's called the Rich Roll Podcast, and he's a big okay. runner. He does like he does like ultra marathons. Uh, he's uh, he he got sober several years ago. He's a vegan. All these things. He's like in in, in tip top shape. Uh, he's like 52 or something like that, but. One thing I remember in an episode is he used the phrase, and I'm going to butcher it, so I'm going to say it two different ways. He said either motivation follows movement or mood follows movement. And I think about that all the time. I'm like, that's that definitely is true for me. Like, I may not want to do it, but once I get going, I'm going to want to do it or I'll get into it, and my mood will follow. I just got I just have to start moving whether I want to or not. Everything else will follow the the movement. Yeah, I know. Uh, yes, I know exactly what you mean, and I like that. I like that phrasing a lot too. Mm-hmm. It's a very evocative, interesting phrase, and it makes a lot of sense and resonates with me because it is that thing. Yeah, exactly like you had said before, where you you intellectually like you know you you know in a very almost like an out of body experience when you're not feeling motivated to do it, but mm-hmm. you still know from past experience this will be the end result if you just do it. Yeah, and and th- and still though. Sometimes you want to lean into not doing it, maybe at a spi- in a self spiteful way, mm-hmm. or maybe just because you're like, I don't want to do it. And and as somebody who did fake sick as well as a child, <laughs> somewhat, and 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 only later in life did you realize how you thought. At least me, I thought I was getting away with it. Like, man, I'm just I didn't. That was a great performance. Mm-hmm. I did that, and they were just like they just didn't want to deal with me, or they just wanted they were just okay <laughs> with me in this rare instance, staying home. You know, it was all them. And nothing to do with any sort of like yes incredible you know like real real like method acting performance by a three year old or whatever it was. It was not at all. It was more of they probably just like just this will this will shut him up. It'll be fine. Yeah, that they've weighed the pros and cons. They they have a, a general sense of like all right, he's passing his classes. This one day isn't going to kill us. We're not going to have to like send him through seventh grade again. Let's go yeah. ahead and, and just, I got to get to work. I've got stuff to do. If he wants to lay around for a day, fine. He's overall, he's okay. He's healthy or whatever. <laughs> and they'll just do that. When I would, when, and uh, do you have siblings? Uh, yeah. Older sister. Yeah. I have two older sisters and one, when I was a freshman, she was a senior and uh, she would do this whenever I was sick. This was uh, something she'd do regularly is I'd be in the living room or whatever. And they would, 
and they would come home and I'd of course quickly turn off the television that I'd been watching for the last three hours and I shouldn't have been watching it because I'm sick. So I'm supposed to just be like sleeping or whatever. And she would come in and immediately feel the television and she'd be like, TV's warm. And I'd just be like, get out of here, get out of here. <laughs> uh, but it that. was like clockwork. Yeah. That reminds me of some of my favorite scenes in like action movies where they're, they're trying to hunt somebody down and they feel the car to feel it's warm. They're like, they yes. just showed up, you know, like a scene out of, that's like in the movie Assassins. There's that scene <laughs> yeah. where he feels they're like, they just got here. You know, yeah. That type of thing. She's like Antonio Banderas in Assassins. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly like that. What a delightful movie. I, I enjoy that movie very much. It's, it's one of those movies where I would describe it as like, it's not good, but it's great. It's just a delight. I love it. I was a huge Stallone fan growing up still like him but I was a huge Stallone fan as a kid and when Assassins came out I was I was over the moon I remember when Over the Top came out the arm wrestling movie that he's in I love and, that movie uh, I love that movie and I was in the basement watching TV and uh, I saw the commercial and my dad must have been watching the same channel or whatever because I bolted upstairs and I was like hey, wait, did you see that it's for Over the Top wait, it's Stallone we gotta go see it <laughs> my dad was like my, my dad goes I was wondering how long it would take you to run up here <laughs> and I was thrilled, thrilled. That is a that is a very like it's as if it was built in a lab for like probably like father son or father <laughs> yes father child bonding. You know, it's really that. <laughs> it's just like testosterone. Yeah, and and like funny testimonial moments in there where they're just talking to the and it's all just to both get custody of the child he hasn't seen who's in military school yes. while also trying to win a truck that he has to have. It's just, and also he has that weird like armband on that's like kind of like a uh-huh. a former undershirt. I don't know what that was in retrospect, I but it's just something about it. It's just like, yeah, it's like weirdly iconic to me. I'm not really sure why. Yeah, he's got to keep that arm warm. I um, <laughs> I have two quick things about that. One is, uh, 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 you mentioned father-son type of movie. I would call Field of Dreams a father-son movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely it's like a family type of thing. I That's remember... a father-son, but also father-cry movie. Big time. Yes. Yes. When that movie came out, um, my family's like, we're going to go see that. But unfortunately for my dad, Masters of the Universe had also come out at the same time. <laughs> and I was dead set on Masters of the, of the Universe. So my mom and my sisters went and saw Field of Dreams, an iconic movie. Uh, they saw it in the theater, and I made my dad drag me to Masters of the Universe <laughs> and watch that <laughs> schlock. And uh, I, of course, loved it, but I'm sure my dad was rolling his eyes nonstop. Well, the funny thing about that movie is that it's both a, in that case, a father love son movie to take you to it in, in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. But it is definitely, but that is, for, for a, a child, you know, a boy of a certain age, you know, like preteen or teens even, mm-hmm. that's like got everything you could ever want, especially from that, you know, just watching that movie trailer and that character in general, like, he, you know, the character in general and yes. that world, that's, that ticks all the boxes because I've seen that movie and, <laughs> and I, it's, it's, I'm not even going to go so far necessarily to say it's not good, but it's great, but it's delightful and it takes some swings Frankly, Langella, who I only learned, you know, years later, that's, oh, that's that guy? Yes. The makeup is extraordinary. It's great. It's amazing. It's so good. And he's such a, you know, so basically it boils down to just having his massive physicality and his booming voice. And it's perfect. It's amazing. You know, it's great. And 
It's really great. And you've got uh, Dolph Lundgren uh-huh. trying his best, trying his best. <laughs> you know, I remember when I was a kid, my main takeaway from that was, man, that chicken, that bucket of chicken looks so good. That's <laughs> what I primarily remember. That looks it, really good. It's one of those great canon films. Uh, yes. They, uh, those all those guys, uh, those, and the crazy movies that they made, which over the top was too, right? Yeah, over the top was too. You bet, you bet. That, that documentary, you that documentary. Yes, it's great. It's, it's really great. It's so good. Uh, it's, it's really, really delightful. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'll quick say is, yes. uh, speaking of over the top, in fifth grade, it must have been fifth grade when it came out, because for Christmas or my birthday or something like that, my mom and dad bought me an over the top arm wrestling pad. Where you could oh. p- compete against your friends and had a little like pad to put your elbows on, and then if you you you'd uh, you'd try to get obviously you try to get their arm down, and then it would hit this other pad and a buzzer would go off, so you know you won. And, oh, that's uh, great! It was great, and I brought it to school, and people are are, are all, everyone wants to arm wrestle because it's a, this fun little thing, and I uh, there's a uh, uh, there was a girl in my class. Uh, and uh, she, she's like, I'll arm wrestle you, arm wrestle you. I'm like, okay. And we do it right-handed. I'm left-handed, but we do it right-handed. She's right-handed. Uh, and I'm like, let me just, uh, I'll give it to you right-handed. <laughs> she she smokes me right-handed, <laughs> destroys me. And I'm like, all right, all right. Let's try left-handed. I'm left-handed. She's not left-handed. She destroys me left-handed. Amazing. I'm, I'm. Humble to say the least, but I'm also embarrassed as a little boy, uh, and uh, I, I immediately put the arm wrestling pad in my locker. <laughs> no one else can use it. <laughs> I was You're like, real... you got dust, you got dusted, and now that will be dusty because uh-huh. I'm yes. never doing this again. <laughs> yes, yes. Was there I like was... a was there like a resurgence? Not a resurgence. I don't even know resurgence means there was a, a surgeons previously, but was there was that like a kind of a niche popular thing post uh, over the top? Arm wrestling? arm wrestling at that point, yeah. I mean, to my fifth grade self, absolutely, it was huge. It was all the rage. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is something now that is not the same thing, but feels like it's in the same vein that is gaining popularity. I think right now that I wasn't aware of previously, and that is uh, like professional slapping. Have you seen <laughs> this? It's no, an. It. it no. I don't know. Now I could be. It could have a way more formal, legitimate name than what I'm giving it, but uh-huh. it is uh, recently they they did it, showed it live on YouTube at Arnold Schwarzenegger's annual um, like weightlifting convention that he has in Ohio. Sure. That he has, yeah, I know. These are all words that are actually true. <laughs> they just sound like I could be just mad-libbing it at this point. But it's but they did a championship, and it's people in similar weight in the same weight class. They it's th- they each get three slaps around for a certain amount of rounds and it's whether they not it's a knockout or not and then they go to the cards to say who got you know the best slaps I guess they're slapping the, the other person in the face yes oh, yes no so they're doing you. the thing where they like put their arm out straight out and they're kind of like doing practice swings as if they're like practice swinging a bat <laughs> yes and then they get one and then they go and you know you can't. You have to get into a certain region, like basically on their cheek. Can't go mm-hmm. too high because then it could be disqualified or just not count. You can't hit their ear because that might, that won't count. So there's a lot of rules there mm-hmm. to it, and it's it's very violent. 
I yeah. I didn't. It was both a thing of like the maybe like the you know the gladiatorial element. You're like, oh okay, yeah. Ooh. But then you also watch and you're like, this is somehow more violent in a weird way than like UFC. It looks like because <laughs> it's just straight up. You're wincing. You're slapping. That's the other thing. You can't move. Can yeah, a lot of people want to move? It. As you would expect. Yes. You have to openly like put your hand on you know on a flame knowingly knowing it's gonna hurt <laughs> you have to do that i'd be crying before the slap happened <laughs> and I'd, i think i'd be crying on if, whether i was receiving or giving i think my tears would be coming into my eyes yeah it's it's either it's either you know i might be apologizing on either giving and receiving it, <laughs> it just feels so terrible about it either yeah. way yeah. it is it's wild <laughs> truly wild but it feels like it's a pre like it's its own like somehow the 21st century version of arm wrestling, even though arm wrestling's still a thing as far as it's got to yes. be. It's got to be. Friends of mine were uh, in a movie called Golden Arm. Uh, I love that movie. It's yeah. so funny. Yes, funny people, funny people directing, funny people acting, funny people all around. So funny. Yeah, yeah. that's, you know, speaking of over the top, that's what I was thinking about. Of That is a, a movie that I just, I knew it existed and I just happened upon it. About, oh, I'll watch that. And it's so funny. It's such a good movie. I cannot oh, recommend it enough. Great, great. I love that. It's great. Um, you had mentioned too about uh, about auditioning that you were doing mm-hmm. a Zoom audition for uh, the commercial. Yeah. Is that? Are there? Well, first of all, how long of a lull was there during all this between auditions? Because I know more or less everything was kind of shut down mm-hmm. for a time anyway. How long of a lull was that? For yeah. you and do you are you auditioning quite a bit like a lot? Good question. So, um, and I promise I won't say good question every time you ask one. I can. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, as far as, as that goes, it, it's it's definitely different for everybody. Everybody's experience. Uh, the, my friends out here, we've all experienced different timelines as to as to when things felt like they were getting back up to speed again. Yeah. But for me. Uh, so everything shut down in March of 2020 and, uh, I'm going to say I shot a commercial in 2020 in, I'm going to say July or August is, is my memory serves somewhere in June, July, August, something like that. Whenever they started to like, okay, we think it's cases are going down and we have some semblance of stuff and we are getting protocols set up. So. I shot one in in the summer and um and then and then I went to Minnesota to shoot a a, a movie and that was really nice because I live I, I live by myself and for those people who live by themselves for some people I, I get the pandemic while it affected everyone around the world I get that some people were just like I have a job I have to go to every day just like I've always had and yeah. I have to take care of my, have my family all around me all the time, and I have to see my parents because I'm helping take care of them or whatnot. For so for some people, it didn't change that much just because they're like, I have to go to work. Uh, but for someone like me who does this type of work, things really shut down. And uh, living by myself, it, it certainly got isolating. There's still moments of that. Uh, but certainly then, I tell people this, when it first started, I know we're all sick of talking about pandemic stuff, but uh, when it first started, I remember the first couple of weeks, I was like, man, 
because I had stuff I had stuff that was still coming out on TV and commercials and stuff like that. And I remember thinking, man, I I don't mind being alone. I I, I think I'm going to breeze through this pandemic. <laughs> and then and then about yeah. two months into it, I was like, oh no, I am not going to breeze through this pandemic <laughs> at all. This is not fun. Uh, to be but, fair though, like at that time, it was a a such a like like adorable innocent time of six weeks and it's done you know it's like yes if if i knew then what i knew now i know now and thank god i don't i didn't by the way because i would have that you know it's one thing to do something day to day it's another thing to know in that theoretical realm two years plus two Mm -hmm. two years and continuing Mm -hmm. i would have been i would have had a meltdown so it's like all you can do is day to day and thank god you know in that regard that's it yeah you just want to look at what's right in front of you uh so that's what i try to do that probably applies a lot of things in life uh so then i my so the rest of my 2020 for me went pretty well 2021 went pretty well uh so so I, i i in that regard i really can't complain now again i would I, would i like to have more social interactions absolutely and i'm trying sure. to make up for that now as far as being safe about it but still like realizing i said to someone recently oh man my my um social tank was really empty and i'm still filling it and i'm still trying to get that back up to an acceptable level to where i feel good about that and and, and feel fulfilled as far as again social interactions um but when it go when, to take it back to auditions real quick, uh, as you've talked to other people, most auditions out here in LA and probably the other states too are a lot of them are on Zoom, a lot of them are on self tape, which is fine. Uh, there's some in person stuff happening a little bit, and they both, of course, have their pros and cons. You tape at home, it's great because I could do it as many times as I want. I don't have to leave my apartment. I don't have to spend money on gas. I don't have to get out in the hot California sun, uh, sun in the dead of summer. Uh, it just cuts down a lot of time. Uh, but on the other hand, that was a social outlet. You did see people at these auditions when you do them in person in the waiting room. You'd see friends, people you hadn't seen in a bit. There was time spent traveling. It felt like you were doing more. It felt like you were yeah. accomplishing something. And so there's definitely there's definitely some give and take. And they both, they're both all right. I, and these at-home auditions are here to stay. Uh, but hopefully you can get a little bit more of both. It's just, uh, it's, hey, this is how it goes, so we have to adjust. There's no point in griping about it because this is what it is now. <laughs> yeah, that that is um, kind of just more or less becomes a thing that I, I say a lot or think a lot. For better, it's like it is what it is. <laughs> For yeah. a, a lot of things, you know, it's like what can you do? You know, it's like, I don't know. I can't lament reality so much. I just have to deal with it, uh, which is easier said than done in plenty of other instances, <laughs> by the way. It's not like a... I'm just that and I'm soulless or something. It's like, you know, that's a thing. But yeah. I, I have talked to a lot of people who have done, who are in LA auditioning. And, you know, it's it's like anything else. It's they, like they say the same thing uh, or have said the same thing yeah. for the most part of like good, good and bad. You know, it really does feel like as much as it, you know, the, the bad being it can take up your entire day just for the round trip of it all. But it also feels like you're doing something like you said or... Yeah. You know, or you can't self-taping or just doing it over Zoom. It's great because, like you said, you can have multiple takes. You can do as many as you want. You mm-hmm. can maybe feel more relaxed because you're at home. But also, you can't replicate, like, the energy in the room. Right. Uh, for example. Yeah. And that's—and I'm sure that takes an adjustment or kind of figuring it out. You know, it's a muscle. It's a similar muscle, but maybe not quite the same muscle. 
Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, and you've had other people tell you that too, or that, like you said, that live feeling where you're getting feedback from a human being and they can give you adjustments, uh, and, and that's nice. But like you said, at home, I can do multiple takes. I can kind of be comfortable in my own skin, and, and I'm at my at my home base, and I can do it how I want it. Uh, but we've uh, I, I have enough people that I know who have struggled to make the adjustment, which I get. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, these casting people, television people, movie, the movie people making the movies, the TV shows, the commercials, and whatnot, hey, if you don't want to do it, there's 10,000 other people that do want to do it and will find someone. Uh, so if you don't want to be a part of it, we, we won't even bat an eye. I was just saying, this is not a, oh, oh. Oh, you're not auditioning? Okay, well, we're canceling the project. <laughs> like, no. Right, <laughs> it's right. like, okay. It's like, oh, okay, next. So, yes. I, yeah, I, I can. That, uh, I imagine, is extremely motivating in, in, in a very. <laughs> again, it is what it is. Moving it is on. Is. Here's my tape then. <laughs> yes. I mean, look at all the people, like, uh, great actors who have, who have passed, who have died. Like, what a tragedy. Oh, they were so wonderful. The machine doesn't stop for a moment. They move no. right along. No, it's like so, uh, in, in those so situations. What I, yeah, yeah, what am I thinking? Yeah, yeah. How Your best I, case I, scenario I, if, is in, we, in memoriam, you know, at yes, at, at a award show, yes. and then it's like, oh man, and then you're, and then three and a half seconds later, it's the next person in the in memoriam. I mean, that's yeah. that's your best yeah. case scenario for those situations. Yeah, and it's like we're not skipping a beat for that Academy Award winner. Then we're certainly not skipping a beat for uh, waiter number two uh, who, does, who doesn't want to self-tape for this thing. We're, we're not going to worry <laughs> yeah. about him. Yeah, I mean, true. Yeah, yeah like you're even in, within the realm of an immemorial, your best case scenario is the last person they show. That's how you're anointed. <laughs> yes. And yes. then and then they're played off with some kind of orchestra and a commercial break. <laughs> yeah. So even then it's. Both uh, the most personal within that context, but also uh, deeply impersonal in its own way. Very much. Very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you had said, too, that you think that, because uh, I was curious about that, that you think that, that the Zoom uh, auditions are self-taping, too. That's just, is this? do you think this is, uh, in your experience, predominantly going to be what it continues to be? Or do you think they're going to course correct back to in-person as well? I'm sure we'll have some more in-person stuff as as we deem necessary for the bigger stuff. Like um, uh, the example I'll give is uh, like if if someone is auditioning for a, a series regular, maybe yeah. their first audition will be a self tape or a Zoom thing. But the, as they as it continues and they get closer to closer, they're narrowing it down. They might want to like, hey, let's get see this person in in person and see what kind of vibe we're getting from them. Gotcha. So I, I would imagine that will happen more regularly as we again get a handle on things or this just we just get used to this or numb to it or whatnot but some of the earlier rounds of auditions because there can be multiple rounds uh for those people who maybe don't know how the process works or like to do uh, like a chemistry read or something yeah, yeah. that will probably want to start doing in person at some point i know they still do some of those on zoom depending on the project but uh my my guess is it'll be a mix which again is really great because then you get to you get to see more people and maybe they're going to check out, Hey, let's, let's talk to someone from New York or New Orleans or Austin or, you know, wherever North Carolina, wherever they're filming, they can now look at more people cast a wider net. Absolutely. Uh, I like that. I like that perspective on it because I could also see where it's like, shit, geography doesn't matter anymore. 
oh no <laughs> the, the amount of there are so many other people out there now oh no you know but that's also I, well I, admittedly just from a viewer standpoint it's exciting just the idea that kind of like how anybody can now put you know easier mm-hmm. than ever to make a short film or make a film with the way that the means of doing it is is more affordable yes. than ever the way you can discover new bands that way i mean it's it you know ge- geography is more theoretical than ever in, a, in the realm of the internet and zoom mm-hmm. and things like that so where people can be discovered who might have just been in the shadows otherwise yes absolutely of course the internet and we've all talked about that how it changes absolutely everything um for better and for worse and all and all in between uh what i'll say is like sometimes with with these auditions what they'll still usually make you do is in the slate in the beginning or end when you have to say uh your name um your height uh and sometimes they'll ask you for vac status sometimes they don't yeah um uh, but they'll often ask you where you're, where you're living, where you're based. So I'll, I'll be like, uh, I'll say, I'll, Dave Tooney, I'm six three, based on living in Los Angeles. So it's it still maybe does matter for certain projects because they're like, I don't want to fly a person in or I have to sure. hire them. Uh, I'd have to make them. I have to hire them as a local hire or whatnot. So the location I think still somewhat matters, but that makes sense. Not like it. Not like it used to. Like you said, I think there's we can cast a wider net. We can discover more people from more places. And, uh, and there's less barriers. Like you don't, we don't need anyone to tell us that we can or can't do something. Like if we really want to shoot something, we can shoot it and we can put it up on the internet for the entire world to see. Now the world might not watch it, but, uh, we can certainly uh, put it out there. I really, yeah, uh, that's, that's a really cool thing. I think. Great. And, and also, yeah, that makes total sense too, that, oh yeah, that, you know, vax status too. I mean, there's a those are perspective like budgetary concerns at the very least because mm-hmm. of that. I mean, you see how, as you would expect, like the having to put the infrastructure in place for for COVID related things and having to make it to where it's a COVID safe environment that impacts your budget. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, that article that came out the other day about the Mission Impossible Seven and Eight they're filming and. They said that even post post tax uh, ta- post tax breaks, that the budget for Mission Impossible Seven, a movie that has had to shut down ten or more times in the span of the last two years, that is also not quite finished yet, has a budget currently post tax incentives of two hundred ninety million dollars. Oh my goodness! It's a. It's that, I've not heard of it. That's wild. Oh, uh, it's an article from the Hollywood Reporter. I'll I'll email email it to you. Yeah, it's fa- it's so interesting, and basically how the article also talks about how um, Tom Cruise is kind of more or less refusing to finalize uh, number seven as a means for kind of controlling it all because they're filming seven and eight back to back. Yes, and they and and they're also in a fight right now. After Paramount announced that after ninety day, after like sixty days, mm-hmm. that they were going to put it on Paramount Plus or put it on there simultaneously, to which he is uh, less than pleased about that. Yes. Oh, if uh, there's anyone uh, opposed, it's him. Yeah, yes. Yes, he is the most like representative of old school Hollywood, and mm-hmm. he wants his ninety day theatrical window, and then you know from there. But it's a really fascinating thing. It's 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 it, there's so much going on in that article. Uh, really interesting. This. Yeah, it's great. I it's really good. 
I love the Mission Impossible movies, especially the last three. I really like them. I love them. Uh, yeah. And and I, uh, as a as a person, like personally, I mean, obviously, I don't know Tom Cruise and uh, whatever you think of his uh, religious status and whatnot. I love seeing him in movies. <laughs> I think he's super watchable. As that's on a that's on an original statement. Uh, based on his box office, uh, <laughs> and uh, I I really want to see these new Mission Impossibles, and I want to see them on the big screen, and I I can't wait. I love them. Oh no, I agree. I, if we're talking, because everything else, to your point, there's a lot there, and it is deeply loaded, and that's a whole other thing. But the movie star Tom Cruise, he is yeah a movie star in every <laughs> really? sense of the world and word. Excuse me, <laughs> and I also think that. <clears throat> excuse me, he seemed to have a personality type where it's like, honestly, thank God he has movies as an outlet. Cause I don't know what, cause I'm fearful. There's like, there would be bodies buried somewhere. Otherwise he is that of like that obsessive intense yes. person. Thank God he has that yeah. outlet. And, yes. uh, and I, especially, you know, like, like you said, the mission impossible movies, those last three, four, however many, feels like it, they really kind of figured out the personality, what works in a way that like Fast and the Furious at number five, I think, kind of figured out, oh, this is what these movies are. Yes. And now they know exactly what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And they're great and they're reliable and they're enthralling. I love them so yeah. much. It's it's impressive to watch them and then to go, okay, and, and to watch like the influences of these movies where, especially when we're talking about action movies, which is my true joy love uh, them. yes love them and you look at them and go okay clearly the born movies influenced you here clearly marvel influenced you here uh and, and to watch them change watch m- movie watch movies change other movies is yeah. interesting to watch it is and i also just like as much as like towards some other movies sometimes i could be like snobbish in the sense of oh that was fr- taken from that movie Mm-hmm. But with action movies, it's like whatever makes the perfect action movie, steal from whatever. Yeah. Just give me all of that in one thing, and I'm there. I'm yes. all about it. Yes. Have you seen an action movie recently that you've liked or not? Ooh, liked? that is a good question. Let me, while we're talking about this, let me look up my letterbox where I log everything yeah. just so I you can. You look know. that up, I'll tell you mine right now. Okay, please. I just. Uh, my friend, I just saw Ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal, the Michael Bay movie. I've heard that's delightful and bonkers. How is it? I've, I gave it a two out of ten, and I only gave it a two because it had stuff from it had uh, L.A. specifics, which I really like. Yes. Uh, my friend gave it a six out of ten, and my nephew, who's like uh, twenty-two, I think, uh, twenty-three. Uh, my nephew uh, Jack, who's in the Navy, uh, and is on the other coast. Really liked it. Had a good time. Found it was like a fun movie. I I I don't like car chases all that much, so that's it, that was going to be a problem for me, and it definitely proved to be. I I did not like it. I didn't think it was fun. Okay, I could see, yeah. I don't necessarily. But other people did. Other people. I did. I, I could see that. I don't uh, really associate Michael Bay with fun per se. He seems <laughs> maybe you know uh, personally or professionally he just. Doesn't strike me as like the fun guy at a party, but no. but it feels like that his movies can at least have moments of fun by yes. pure pure accident. Yes, I mean you. Th- but you think like Bad Boys is fun, right? 
Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2, look, I think they're, I'm delighted by them, but I don't know that it's fun because Michael Bay wanted this moment to be fun. <laughs> but but there are plenty of things that's like, it's like a movie that could be so bad it's great, you know, like sure. it, it can still get there even if it's not intended to be. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, that's that's the movie I've most recently seen and I haven't loved it, but... Uh... But uh, what's do you have one? Do you have one up? What what is? I got a few, some of which aren't new, admittedly. What is movies you like? Yeah, uh, one movie that I like that is like kind of more suspense, but it is action too. It has some action moments uh, that I feel like people like, but maybe isn't still underseen. Is the movie The Guest from two thousand fourteen? Oh, uh, I've never seen it. It's very like John Carpenter esque in a way, and okay. it's it stars Dan Stevens. Um, the English actor who's been in more things. I'm, I'm trying to think of Downton Abbey was like the big thing he was in. Uh, gotcha. Cousin, okay. Ma- Cousin Matthew or something. But it's really, I I really enjoyed it. It's very delightful. I, you know, I, I read the book about Mad Max Fury Road recently and then rewatched it. Um, that movie's a miracle on it's so many great. levels. It's great. It's extraordinary. It's one of the best I've I've ever seen. I love it. Free Fire is a movie that feels like it doesn't get its due I've never heard at of all. This. Oh, it's great. It's um, it's from this uh, director, English director, Ben Wheatley. And the movie basically is, it's so fun to me. And it's a drug deal in a warehouse. And mm-hmm. then things go wrong immediately. And the entire thing takes place in the warehouse with multiple kind of warring factions shooting at each other the entire time. What's it called? Free Fire. Free Fire from 2016. That, that sounds up my alley. It's I think it's a lot of fun. You know, the reviews are mixed on it, but for me of just like you know, witty kind of quasi witty banter and people shooting at uh-huh. each other and trying to yell at each other from different corners of a warehouse as they're all hunkered down, it's great. I I'm pretty I think it's pretty delightful. Yes. Okay, and there's some fun people in it. It's yeah. Um, it's got a great I mean, cast. Army, maybe. Uh, the I, most fun. Yeah, no, I know. That's <laughs> the funny thing is. Before I said that, I'm like, he is the uh, the glaring issue with that movie more than sure. the movie itself. Certainly. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the one one last thing I'll say in terms of an actual new one is uh, the what is the name of it? The Wrath of Man. Wrath of Man from last year. Which okay. I enjoy quite a bit. It's a Guy Ritchie movie that stars Jason Statham, and it's a guy. It's a revenge movie involving um, uh, safe trucks, whatever that phrasing is. The uh, what's the yeah, um, you yeah, know, you like uh, armored cars. That's armored car, armored trucks, armored and, cars. Yes, and it's it's stylized. It's fun. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed yeah, it. I remember that came out, and I was like, "All right, Guy Ritchie. All right, Jason Statham. I like I like these two together." And I didn't watch it. I don't know why not. That's I'm, I'm glad you put that on my radar. I will yeah, watch it. It's too. on there now. It's out there now. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. You know, it's not it's not asking. It's not giving you too much. It's not asking too much of you as a viewer. But it's that thing where like what it does. I think it does well, and it's very entertaining. All right, I'm coming yeah. out of this podcast with some movies. I love it. <laughs> you got movies. You got an article about a yes. wild production. Uh, man, at that that um. That article is very eye-opening. It's it's truly fascinating. I will I will read the article. Have you ever read the article? Um, this is a, another Tom Cruise thing. Uh, this is years ago. There's a publication over here in LA called LA Weekly. 
Yeah. And uh, there's an article about Tom Cruise and the rise of YouTube and kind of the downfall of Tom Cruise, at least for a while there. Oh, I want to uh, read that. It's good. If you look up LA Weekly Tom Cruise article, it's a long one. And it made me think about his Oprah Winfrey uh, appearance in a, in a way different way and his, and his career pre and post Oprah in a way that I hadn't, I just wasn't thinking about. Uh, it's, it's really fascinating. I, I'm guessing it holds up still. Okay, I'm going to read that for sure. I'm, I, I can imagine where that article, some of the things it's positing, just based on that. I mean, there's such a a narrative that's almost bigger than that clip involved in all of that. Yeah, for sure. It's fascinating. Yeah. Okay, I I need to want uh, I need to read that. I should say. Yeah. Um, thinking about uh, about you know you're talking about just Hollywood in general. Mm-hmm. I love Hollywood stories. I love all of having, I've been there all of once, but I have a lot of reverence for Los Angeles <laughs> sure, and too. the history. And I know seemingly you do. Yeah. Like you said, because of uh Toonie tours, Tinseltown, <laughs> yeah, which I, yeah. I love that. I love that. Is that, did you have a reverence for like LA before moving there? Or is this a byproduct of being there and being surrounded by it all? Yeah. Good question. Uh, I said it again. Um, uh, <laughs> drink. Uh, so then, so, uh, this is what I tell people. I tell, I, I feel like I've said this a lot on podcasts. Um, yes, loved Hollywood, uh, or LA movies, whatever. I, I think I came from a, I came from a really small town called Cedar Grove, Wisconsin. And when I grew up, it was around, I'm going to say 1200, maybe it was up to 1500, but somewhere in that ballpark, uh, we had one four way stop sign in the town. We had one bar, we had four churches, still the case. And, uh, it's just really small, a small farm town. I loved it um, and still do. But I, I think bigger cities kind of fascinated me. And, and, of course, I loved movies and TV and comedy and would watch any chance I got. And uh, um, and then just like a fast, like I said, a fascination with these bigger places. And, and, and in college, I went to, I started at UW Oshkosh, University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. And it was a small Division three school also liked it but it ended up transferring to university of wisconsin milwaukee which is a bigger d1 school and i just wanted i wanted to get into a bigger city i wanted that feel and i liked it right away um and i i ended up majoring in theater really in name only because i i was a fifth year senior and i switched my major my fifth year to theater because i was just like let me just get any degree something i like it doesn't matter just got to get my foot in the door at, at some company and a degree of anything will help i didn't know yeah. what i wanted to do um Hollywood or LA or acting stuff, while I definitely thought it was cool and neat, for me, it might as well have been truly like uh, Never Never Land. Like it wasn't a real place, really. It was a fictional place in my mind that it was real, but not real people didn't do this type of like, stuff. Intellectually, you knew it was real, but you're like, that's yeah, another world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no thought, there was no consideration that that would be a place I would go to. And um, I was doing comedy. In on my nights and weekends, I did comedy sports, short form improv, kind of like Whose Lines Did Anyway. They have them all over the country. They started in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, and I did that for a long time, loved it. But I, I And I did a little bit of uh, Improv Olympic or IO that used to be, it's now gone, but it was in Chicago. Never lived in Chicago, but I, I drive down with my buddy Mike uh, Kauf, and we would drive down there a couple times a week for a couple years. Took classes, got on teams. and uh, But I really, I thought that was as far as it would go. Uh, uh, the, in fact, the biggest, I feel like the biggest, biggest brush with fame is, um, I worked at a, what's called a title company 
And what they would do is they would review appraisals and they would work with homeowners uh, regarding home equity loans and lines of credit. And, I've, wor- uh, I've worked at a title company before, yeah. There we it's, go, flood insurance, yeah. yeah. Um, I hate having to explain it to people because it, 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 I was grateful for the work, but it also felt soul-sucking. Um, I, I, yeah, I, l- let me repeat. I've worked at a title company. <laughs> I get, I, I get it. it. I get it, and their money is green, so that— that's it. Did, did what? I, that's what I needed. Thank you. And <laughs> and again, past tense. Worked for one. Yeah. Worked. Yes. <laughs> yes. Got out of there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I I would have to talk to people from all over the country, and uh, I would get to see their their the appraisals of their home, and I would get to review that because I'd have to go over that when I went over their paperwork with them when they had to sign a bunch of documents, and I'd have to make sure the appraisals looked good. Uh, but one of them was. Um, Oh my gosh! Why is his name escaping me? Big Lebowski, the cowboy. Um, oh, uh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. So uh, they were getting one, and again, this is years and years ago. Uh, and it was hor- his, he's in California now. Anytime anyone was California, especially Los Angeles, I'd be like, "Where is that in Los Angeles? What does it look like?" Yeah. Uh, and he was like somewhere outside of all Los Angeles at the time. But I ended up having to talk to him and his wife and 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 walk them through their pra- paperwork. So. I just got to sit and listen to Sam Elliott's voice for about 20, 25 minutes or so. And it was really exciting for me. And I thought, this is as good as it gets for me. This is the big time. <laughs> uh, and I, I really loved it. But never well, never I, a thought that I would live in, in Los Angeles. The, and Catherine Ross, you know, his wife from mm-hmm. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Really? She, I didn't know that. She was in The Graduate. Yeah. She oh. Was the woman he... Uh, tried to stop the wedding for at the end. Oh, yeah, she's like the funny thing is that I have a lot of you know reverence for a ton of like Sam Elliott performances too, but for her as well, I'm like, oh my god, she was in classics like big time classics. Yes, I love that. I love that. Uh, so that was, I, I definitely like you had a, a reverence for for old Hollywood. Uh, but uh, when I got out here, it, it was um. I loved it the moment I got out here, uh, and I still do. I think it's really great. And uh, the, a part of the reason, uh, the thing that you mentioned earlier, Brandon, that Tooney Tours Tinseltown, it's just a hashtag I use on my Instagram where I like, yeah. I'll look at old, for people who don't know, which is nearly everyone. Um, <laughs> I go to like old Hollywood spots or just things, places that I find interesting. I take a couple pictures and I'll just like spit out a couple facts that I just look up on Wikipedia. But the main reason I even do that is because like I like LA a lot and in the back of my mind I think Dave if you ever have to move away from here if you ever leave if you ever get kicked out of LA uh they're just sick and tired of you I I I want to be able to go I I saw things and I did things when I was here and I and I and I can remember them that's the main reason I do it is just for my own benefit of self-reflection if I if I ever move or something changes no regrets yeah no regrets yeah I, and that makes sense and I, I and also, like, I, I feel like I'd, I'd be doing the same thing where we're out there just because, like, the history of it. It's just mm-hmm. incredible. It's so, uh, it's so cool. It's just over. As I'm saying that, like, I can't even verbalize the degree by which I think it's cool. Like, just <laughs> photos you see, you know, of you walking in the back lot of, I, I very much have reverence for back lots. They're I think great. a lot of that comes from just the movies where it's somebody on a back lot and then you see, like, People dressed as a cowboy, people dressed as a Roman soldier, and all of these people, you know, that's my 
I understand that's not how it goes typically anyway. <laughs> but just that's what I imagine just from being a kid watching that stuff. Yeah. Thinking about that and all of the history of, oh, well, on, you know, on this studio lot, they filmed this, this, this. And, oh, I remember that. You know, it's just I, – I, I love it so much. Yeah, I, I think that one of the uh, really, for me, one of the alluring parts is like this, a lot of these places have really been with me and, and a lot of us since our childhood. So it's it's not like if I go to Wyoming, which I've never been and I would love to go, but I don't I don't know anything about Wyoming. But if when I go to, when I came to LA, I was like, I've heard of Ventura Boulevard in a Tom Petty song. Uh, Melrose Avenue. I heard, I knew it from Melrose Place. Uh, Santa Monica Boulevard, Cheryl Crow song, uh, <laughs> right? Hollywood Boulevard. Like we know Venice. Uh, like we know these places from these TV shows and movies. And, and same thing you could say that with like a lot of New York stuff too, just because that's you know so many movies took place in LA, and New York. And so I'm like these are just things from my childhood. I really love this. Like I tell people a lot that for me, like the biggest things I knew about LA. Uh, before I got here were because I watched um, I watched White Men Can't Jump, uh, Friday, and Big Lebowski, and then a lot of hair metal video music videos in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really, like, that's what I thought L.A. was, and that's what I, in many ways, I still think that's what L.A. is, and, and I love that. But those are, like, my main influences, and be able to see some of those things is still super exciting for, a you know, a, a guy who came from, a super small town in southeastern Wisconsin. No, and well, even like what you said about like the Big Lebowski when when I saw the photo that you posted on Instagram about like showing the apartment, the place where you lived. Oh yeah, that little apartment area. Uh-huh. I I think first of all, it's a very like I remember anytime that there was that scene where he was being asked about the rent and they were standing outside of it. <laughs> it's just so visually striking on top of yes. loving the movie too. So yes. that's one that would very much stand out to me. And I yes. saw that photo and I was like, Oh, I love that so much. Oh, it's, that was really great. I went to a thing called, have you ever heard of Lebowski fest? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I went to head it out here before the pandemic. So I'm going to say 2018, 2019, they were, uh, they had it out here at a place called the Wiltern. And the Wiltern's a cool theater in L.A. on uh, Western and um, uh, Wilshire. I think that's a, I think that's across streets. Anyways, um, I could be wrong on that. Uh, but I, I went to the Lebowski Fest, and Jeff Bridges was there, and he and his band played for a bit, so I got to see them, and I, oh, and so I loved funny. it. And Kyle Gass uh, from Tenacious D had a different band, the Trainwrecks, and he they played for a while, and then a few of the, like, smaller supporting cast from Lebowski were there and came up on stage and I was like a and I had I was so far back I was way up high and so far back but I was like this is great this is Hollywood I really love this I get to see these people <laughs> it was uh, I was I like a kid in the candy store loved it that sounds so great mm-hmm. and also just to be honestly I, I would I would be starstruck by Jeff Bridges just yeah he just I mean just in general but also I imagine he just has an energy about him. He just seems to have something, something that transcends just being a good actor, something that puts him over the top. Yes. Some kind of X factor. Yes, for sure. I did a, I did a, a a show on comedy central called, uh, Robbie. Um, that just with one season, I'm just in a couple episodes, but Bo Bridges is in the show. And, uh, uh, I got to like hang out with him in, uh, in, in the, whatever you want to call green room or just these other rooms where we weren't filming. And he was super nice, 
and real relaxed and definitely I was like you are you are definitely a Bridges and you <laughs> are both definitely Southern California guys like there's that vibe of just that ease of growing up in SoCal and being in the entertainment business since you were a child it, there's just like a laid backness to them to him and I'm guessing Jeff it's, it seems obvious uh, <laughs> that I was like oh man I really like this it was really cool I love that mm-hmm. he yeah they definitely I don't know if it was that I became aware of the laid backness of Jeff Bridges after Lebowski yeah. or or he just became more comfortable just being that because he's so heavily associated with that character but yeah. there's just he just seems like almost violently re- relaxed it's like it's great <laughs> but it's just so like I man I wish I could be like 10% that relaxed Oh it, my gosh I love it. I know. Me too. I hope he's okay. I hope he's doing all right because I know he. I, I do too. I I know that he's. I believe that he's been filming a new series. So hopefully that means he's on the mend. You know, he has a yes. new TV show coming out for FX. I think it's called The Old Man, where he's playing an old spy. I want to say, or like a hitman. Which I'm just even saying that I'm very excited for it. But uh, hopefully Brandon, that means he's in good shape. Yeah, Brandon, are you the are you the Hollywood liaison? Uh, <laughs> where you are is that is that are you? uh in my friend group yes yes in that regard i just love all this stuff i read about it all the time i have for a long time and i've been reading a lot of you know in the pandemic uh kind of books about behind the scenes of different uh movies yes you know like i'm halfway through a book about the making of 2001 a space odyssey cool. i read the book about that's kind of famous i guess about the making of bonfire of the vanities Yes. Read one on the making of uh, Chinatown, which is really interesting. Oh. So, um, and the Mad Max one recently. So, yeah, I've been going through it. I've heard what, there's one about uh, Urban Cowboy. No, Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy that I've heard is really good that I want to read now. So, oh, all that man. stuff, I love it. I want to read now. I want to read all these books too. I, I I've definitely fallen uh, fallen victim. That's too strong of a phrase, but to to uh, like. The analogy I'll use is, you know how when you're like, when a movie comes on TV, especially when you were growing up and it was different, uh, and the movie would come on TV and you'd like, I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it, and you'd watch that movie because it's on TV, whether it's Tombstone or Shawshank or whatever, uh, and it was like appointment viewing. But like once you buy the Blu-ray and you're like, I'm going to buy, or the DVD or the Blu-ray, and you're like, I'm going to watch this all the time. But now once you have it, like you never watch it anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. you just have it. I feel like that happened when I moved to LA where I was like, I was eating up anything and everything LA or anything Hollywood. And as soon as I got out here, my TV watching plummeted and movie watching plummeted. And even though I still love that stuff, when I watch it, I'm like, I love all this. This is great. But just because it's so accessible and maybe just because I was doing like a lot of comedy and stuff like that. So my nights and weekends were always kind of eaten up by that stuff and just live comedy and whatever. But I, it, I, it, it, it became less intense as soon as I moved out here. And uh, it, the only analogy I have is like when I would buy a DVD of a movie and then stop watching it. <laughs> I imagine. I imagine, though, too, that when it becomes more and more a part of your life, it's less escapism. So it's kind of like, yeah, oh, this, probably. Isn't, this isn't my downtime anymore. You know, like it's, it kind of reminds <laughs> yeah. me of how like a lot of comedians seemingly watch drama because they can't watch comedy because it's like that's that's my so to speak, my nine to five now. Now yeah. I want to watch drama. That's my departure. That's my escapism. Or like reality <laughs> yes. TV or something. 
Yeah, you. Yeah, I do hear that too, and and maybe I do that too. Although sometimes drama makes me it's too stressful for me, so I still lean toward comedy and action. Uh, but I, I I I get that mindset for sure, even if I don't always, uh, fall, even if I don't always fall in line with it. Yeah, I don't know that drama necessarily is very, as enticing in these times. About like, yeah, I it's know. not something soul sucking and world weary. Perfect. This will put me in a great mindset, you know. Uh, like, mm. I say that by the way, in like Station Eleven, which is a movie, a show about a pandemic. I watched it hesitantly, and it's incredible. So people rave about that show, and I want to watch. It's very, it. very good. I, I truly, I want to watch these shows, and I think. I just need someone to be right next to me while I'm watching them so I can... Just somebody to press the button to turn it on. You're like, okay, we're there. Yeah, it's yes, more of the, yes. the dread of it, yeah. Yes, yes, just get it started. And then if I if, if I need to take myself out of it, I can look at you and make a comment if necessary. Uh, we can pause and talk about it for a moment, bring me down. Because I made it through one season of Breaking Bad and I was like, this is too stressful for me. I've got to tune this out. Uh, I get that. Which is a bummer because um, it's such a great show. But I, I think... Boy, if I if I just gotta get someone next to me, and then I will watch all of the horrific shows that I don't have the guts to watch on my own. Oh, I get it. Yeah, there are some that are just too much for me, and I'm like, I know I would love this, mm-hmm. but I also have to exist in the world outside of watching <laughs> this TV show, and so it's just not worth, uh, you know, days of having to undo all of the world weariness of it just to enjoy it. You know, it's just yeah. I. I, you know, FOMO isn't that strong within me. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> did you watch um, Chernobyl? I did watch it. I didn't. Again, it it is. Some things are like just so bleak. They're daring you to keep watching it. <laughs> yeah. And I watch it because it did at least like it's well done enough to where it lit up that part of my brain. of like, this is good. Yeah. And so in that regard, also knowing that it's already happened in a weird way, you know, yes. it doesn't. It, it, which not to minimize how obviously it's terrible and it's it's exhausting yeah. and it's incredible that it, extraordinary that it happened in the first place but it was enough for me to be able to suspend the disbelief to where knowing mm-hmm. this happened but it didn't happen re- I don't know I, I was able to compartmentalize enough <laughs> yes. to not take that on on top of it all I get it I'm with you that's totally understandable okay last last thing before we wrap it up I don't mm-hmm. want to keep you much much longer. Milwaukee Bucks, your favorite team of all of, in all of sports. Yes. Playing right now uh, mm-hmm. in the playoffs, mm-hmm. game tonight, mm-hmm. game two. How are you feeling about them? Because I, I think you have a lot of reason to be very excited. I'm very excited. Uh, uh, I, they're, they're currently, knock on wood, healthy, and that's exciting. And most of all, Giannis is healthy. And uh, some other teams are already getting banged up in the playoffs, which I don't want. I want everyone to be a full strength, but – if they're not, it helps the Bucks. Uh, I think they're fun and exciting, and I think, and and truly, and we've all this is again not an original statement, but Giannis is so special. He's such a force right now. He's in his physical prime, and uh, and he's like a dream. When you listen to him in interviews, he's funny. He feels humble but confident, and he's like everything I like. Um, in, in a superstar right now, and, and I'm so grateful that he's in Milwaukee. It's so hard to get, as you know, it's hard to get true ta- big talent in smaller cities. But, yeah, uh, and to get I, him to stick around. Yeah, to him stay. Yeah, yeah. It seems like so he will, I'm, though. I'm it thrilled. really does seem like he will. That I, yeah. I believe that. He seems like he is that type of special, specially built player on 
frankly, every level that I can think of, yeah. to your point. But also that I I don't want a big four or big three Mm-mm. to do this. It's the work ethic in a weird way of it all. But we can build this. We can do this here. And yeah. I love this city, and they've welcomed me. And I, he's I, he's everything. He's seen everything you could ever want in yeah. a player and a superstar and an ambassador for your city. Everything. Yeah, everything. It feels like he is like the king of like a, a like a little kingdom and I want the NBA to be more like a bunch of little kingdoms where <laughs> they're all just trying to stake their claim as the best one and not trying to uh defect to another to a, a, another land. Absolutely. Uh, I want them I all want just pa- in I their like own parody. places. Yeah, give me, parody is, give me is, parody. is super it's great. That's Yeah, even though we we all know that like it's it's exciting when you know stars team up like there's a reason why i mean new york like the yankees or the lakers like it's good to have some of those big teams and these monsters with like unbelievable talent but i overall yeah i like parody i want the smaller teams to have a shot smaller markets uh we probably need a little bit of all of it and we also just need like an ebb and flow right like hey we need some parody and then let's have a little dynasty in there for a little bit that'll be fun just like i just absolutely. want it to be a mix a mix of things absolutely like it- it's cool, you know, it's a weird thing about like almost like a a perfect game in baseball. Mm-hmm. The most like historically unprecedented and exciting thing can also but it can also be a boring game to watch, yes. you know, cuz like you you know, it's like wow, terrible pitching equals a 16 to 15 baseball game, which that's bad pitching, but that's exciting as a viewer yes. and a fan. Just like with like Golden State, it's awesome that they had that run and that they had those Incredible players, you know Durant, Thompson, and and mm-hmm. and, uh, and Steph Curry. Uh-huh. But it was also like boring to know that there was a foregone conclusion there. Yes, yes. But now it's exciting. Like so, then they went away. They got hurt for a while. But now they're kind of like, oh, are they coming back? And that's exciting again because we all love a comeback story. Absolutely. Uh, so it's it's definitely fun. Uh, speaking of baseball and perfect games, did you see that guy in Japan? He had I don't know if it's still going on, but he had a perfect game. And then he the next game he pitched. He had like eight more innings of a perfect game, and then they took him out because his pitch count was whatever. I high. saw that. That's that. That dude's incredible. And Nate said too, in the eighth inning, he was still hitting the radar gun at 101 miles per hour. <laughs> Unbelievable. And this is the this guy who's like a six foot two, six foot three, like 19 or 20 year old yeah. who was already so good in high school that apparently you know he was offered contracts from the major leagues yeah. even then. And I'm like, man, this guy. You know, not. Hopefully, he's going to be like that extraordinary talent. Obviously, not in the same way that Otani is, but in the take the take the league by force and dominate. That is exciting to me. Super exciting. Do you think he's going to come to the major soon? You would think that eventually. Hopefully, not. To be honest, in a very admittedly selfish way, hopefully it won't be like, you know, like Arvidas or Bonus coming when he's like in his thirties, and you know what he could have been. And by the way, he was still Mm -hmm. incredible, but. Knowing what it could have been as a you know in the NBA, more in the biggest league in the world, that type of thing. So I, I hope he's gonna. Yes. I hope we're gonna get some of his prime years at least. Me too. Me too. And a part of me is like, hey, stay in Japan. Like if that's what you want to play, great. Like uh, just like the the NBA, where I want these little kingdoms to exist. And like, oh yeah, if you want to stay there, cool. You don't have to come to the American, the Major League, and Major League Baseball. But at the same time, get over here. Uh, <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see you with uh, with. Uh, I want to see you with the Brewers uh, or whoever you're going to sign with, and, uh, and 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 let's see some some strikeouts. Yeah, I 
I, you know, honestly, it boils down to me like, I just want you to be happy and healthy. Yes. But, but also the selfish side of me is like, but if you can do it in a way that it can maybe be for a team that I root for or like, or directly in my in my atmosphere, uh-huh. please please do that too, because I'd really love to see it. And also, it's, you know, I just want that. That's what I want. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. <laughs> um, well, we need to wrap it up. First okay. of all, thank you for doing this. This was great. I don't yeah, want to keep you, you any more than what we agreed upon, which I've already done. But uh, mm-hmm. what all do you want to point people toward before we wrap it up? What do I want to point people toward? Um, Yeah, whatever your projects, other people's projects, whatever. Sure, you can check out Minx on HBO. You can check out uh, iCarly. Yeah, great show. You can check out iCarly. I'm in an episode of that on uh, Paramount Plus, uh, the new season. And then um, got some stuff coming up. Uh, There's a little movie called Pauly Go that is going to be premiering at the uh, Minneapolis Film Festival, I think in the middle to the end of May. And then hopefully it'll get onto some streaming sites soon. And then some other uh, miscellaneous stuff, but uh, otherwise you can follow me on Instagram at Dave Tooney, and uh, or don't either way, totally fine. Uh, and uh, and that's about it. Awesome. Where are we following you? What are we seeing you at? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, that's a great question. I'm trying to think of all my mm-hmm. stuff now. Uh, at Snark Twain, very mm-hmm. clever, on uh, on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> or at again very clever. At Inquisitive Dick on uh, Twitter. That's that's all I Love got. It. Love yeah. it. That's all you need. That's all you need. Those are my things. But that, yeah, thank you again. This was great. I really enjoyed this. Thanks for having me, Brandon. This is a total delight. And uh, and now I feel uh, I feel like I've gotten some uh, social a little bit of social interactions. It's filling my tank. So now I feel better and uh, a little brighter Good. going into the rest of my day. And that is super nice because there's days. Because now for the rest of my day, I'm going to be in my apartment um, sending some emails, doing some writing, learning some lines for an audition. And so I'm going to be holed up in my apartment really for the rest of the day. And it's 420. And for some of us, that's like a fun day of social interactions. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I'm going to be in here for a bit, which is, again, a good problem to have. But this is super nice and really will help kind of power me through the rest of my day. So I really appreciate it. And this has been good, first of all. And and by the way, same thing here. That... This will fuel me for the next couple of days, honestly. Stuff like yes. this. It's great. It's yeah. great just connecting with somebody, whether you know them or not. It's awesome. You can't beat that. So I love it. I love it. Yes. And you got the Milwaukee Bucks game tonight. Yep. Go Bucks. I'm going to make some time for that. Absolutely. Go Bucks. Uh, who's your team? Do you have a team that you root for? I don't really have a team that I root for. It's kind of more matchup dependent, which I know isn't very fun. But NBA, I just love it. Playoffs, you can't beat them. Okay. Well, I just love the- watching. I love watching too. So even though you don't have a team to, and I know we're wrapping up, even though you don't have a team that you're rooting for, like uh, on a year to year basis in the 2022 playoffs, what are some teams that you're like, I would like to see these teams move on. Is there anyone to play or players? I have certain, uh, to your point about uh, Giannis, Giannis, excuse me. Mm -hmm. He, uh, easy to root for. I can't fault, you know, it's, why would I not want him to go forward? Sure. But they just want a title. So I get the, I get that. It's like, he just won. I on. like I like um I like Anthony Edwards a lot oh, on yeah. Minnesota. Oh yeah, he seems like a delight. I just re- just found out, didn't realize that he named his his dog Anthony Edwards Jr., which I love very much. <laughs> and when asked why he named him that, it's because like me, he can do ever he can do anything. Oh my gosh, I love. And it. I'm like, how can you not root for that guy? He uh-huh. seems like a delight. Yep, he's on the verge of superstardom. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Morant in Memphis, which is all love two it. hours away from here. 
So I should be rooting for that team, if anything. Yes. Love him. He's such a badass, and he's incredible. Mm -hmm. The fact that he had the highest average points in the paint as a point guard, he's 6'3", is extraordinary. He's great. Amazing. Hard not to root for him. You know, I like, yeah. You know, there are so many, there are a lot of eminently root forable players in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So I, I root for players as much as teams, and so if their teams move on, Right on. I also like the Boston team a lot because they're just like a scrappy defensive team. Yes. Jason Tatum seems delightful. Yeah. I yes. like them a lot. Yeah, they've turned a corner in the second half of the season. They're exciting to watch. I want to see seem them scary. too. They seem super scary. I'm worried about the Bucks with them, uh, especially if Robert Williams comes back. But these are all fun teams to be rooting for and players to be rooting for. And uh, I'm excited for that Memphis team. I'm excited for – we're also feeling like there's a, ter- a, 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 a changing of the guard because some of these older players are kind of moving aside and these young guns are – coming up and it's really fun to see this happen i love it nba is the best it really is it's the best Mm -hmm. um thank you again for doing this i'll say that for the last time i keep saying it 85 million times but i do appreciate your time and this is great and thank you all for listening please stay safe be kind to yourself be kind to others lead with empathy and stay safe again yeah we'll do that thank you again goodbye (laughs) 